Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 539. Believing in yourself, because, you know, if, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Jacobs. Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I am ready to go. All right. Great to have you here. Chris Jacobs is a television host and personality. He was the host of hit TV series Overhauling with Chip Foose for over a 100 episodes and appeared with past Cars Yeah guest and Overhauling co-host Adrian A.J. Janik. He was the lead host for the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions airing on Velocity. Chris has appeared on numerous shows, including The Insider, Entertainment Tonight, Chopper Live, The Gold Rush Live on the Discovery Channel, plus the radio show Speed Freaks. He's also hosted for the TV infomercial CarMD, was a presenter for the NFL Network and Skyscraper Live, and he's the Discovery Channel's go-to host for live events. This year, Chris hosts the television show Long Lost Family on TLC. Chris, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more? about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised in Chicago, and uh, I will always be a proud Chicagoan. Go back home probably about five or six times a year and always enjoy uh, getting back to my roots in the Midwest. Uh, been out in California since 1988. Came out here for college and um, have lived out here ever since. Got my... Uh, Got my start in 1995 as an actor, so it's hard to believe I've been in the uh, entertainment business for that long <laughs> uh, without ever having to have another job, I'm proud to say. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I got overhauling in 2003, so that kind of segued me into hosting and um, kind of took off from there. I you know, established my roots down in, in the car world with overhauling and uh, you know, consider myself the luckiest guy on the planet to have landed that job. <laughs> Well, I think uh, luck comes with a lot of hard work, especially in your industry. And something I learned about you before we get into the questions here is you've got a law degree. So what had you transitioned from going to school to get a law degree, which is a lot of work, and then you transitioned over into the entertainment world? What, what led to that? 
Well, Mark, you know, don't shortchange me now. I don't just have a law degree. I actually <laughs> am an attorney. I passed the California State Bar Exam on yes. my first try. Yes, don't so, let me. Uh, <laughs> congratulations no, you know, we, for that. We, uh, <laughs> we lawyers always bristle when people say, oh, you have a law degree. It's like, nah, nah, anybody can get a law degree. You know, you have to pass the bar to make it stand yes. up. So, yeah, I would say that's my proudest accomplishment in my life is pass, passing the California Bar on my first try. Um, it's one of the most difficult bar exams in the country. So I was more surprised than anybody that uh, <laughs> I was able to pass it on my first try. So, well, that that was always a backup plan for me. Mm-hmm. Being a lawyer was always something that I viewed as if it doesn't work out for me in the entertainment industry, then I can always fall back on uh, on being an attorney. Ah. Um, and fortunately, I have not had to do that yet. And uh <laughs> Since I passed the bar back in 1995, I don't think anyone would want me to be their attorney these days because I've forgotten most of uh, what I learned back then. But uh, yeah, I always viewed it as a backup plan. Um, So literally, as soon as I was done with the bar exam, uh, I took the February 95 bar exam. And so literally in March of 95 is when I started pursuing my uh, my dreams of being in the entertainment industry and you know I, it's it's been uh, it's been a good run so far it's hard to believe it's been you know over 20 years that I've been doing it yes absolutely well I'll address you as counselor from now on thank you <laughs> congratulations finally some respect Mark. hey hey buddy I have respected you for so long you know I, I told Chris when we started here that I feel like I know him I've watched so many episodes of you and when you watch a television show you feel like you know these people and I've had a bunch of celebrities on the show here Wayne Carini and Spike Ferriston and different people from car shows and when they call in it's like ah, it's like I'm my old buddy and then I have to kind of go wait I've never really met this person before so yeah you know it's funny you mentioned Wayne Wayne and I are good friends and uh, I felt the same way when I met him initially a few years ago. I was like, "Hey, Wayne!" And he's like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" Yeah, you know, who are you? We, we knew who each other were, but we really didn't know each other. And so now that uh, we do know each other and our friends, we kind of look back on that and uh, and laugh. You know, funny story about Wayne that I'll tell you really quick. When yeah. I was in Vegas at SEMA. Um, we were all backstage of Velocity Live, which I which I host for the network out yeah, there. In Vegas. Yeah. And um, there was a cell phone on the couch next to me. And I thought that it was Mike Brewer's phone. Mm. So I picked it up and I opened up the camera and I took a bunch of, you know, crazy pictures <laughs> of me like, you know, flipping off the lens and stuff. Uh-oh. I was laughing about it. And then I look up and Mike's got his cell phone in his hand. Uh oh. Oh no, whose is this? And then Wayne <laughs> Wayne reaches down and grabs his phone, which is the phone I was just messing with. And so he loves telling that story and, and showing people <laughs> these pictures of me. So I thought I was playing a practical joke on Mike, who I know really well, and I was. Turns out I was playing it on Wayne, who I didn't know so well. But that kind of solidified our friendship. He's he's such a great guy, so yes. down to earth, and he is. You know, I, I absolutely love Wayne. Yeah, well, when I see him this summer down in Monterey, I will say, "Hey, Wayne, show me Chris's pictures on your." There you go. Do that. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> cool story. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Chris, take the wheel. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I it's, it's just a kind of – it's not really a mantra or a quote. It's just a state of mind. Mm-hmm. I think when I wake up every morning, you know, I kind of say to myself, you know, no one else is going to. You know, mm. no one else is going to do it for you, basically, is the sentiment behind that. And yeah. so that really kind of motivates me for the day 
And, um, you know, I, I just like to, to get up early and I, I love the mornings. I'm definitely a morning guy. I try to wake up about 7, 7.30 every morning and, and just kind of seize the day, you know. So <laughs> maybe carpe diem would be a good mantra for success. Yeah, there you go. And relating to cars, I had another great guest, Dwight T. Knowlton. His saying is yeah. carpe, yeah, carpe viem, Car- seize the carpe road. Carpe viem, yeah. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight's a buddy of mine, too. He sends me T-shirts that I like to bust out on uh, yeah. on Barrett Jackson. Yeah, a lot of people ask me about my shirts. I try to wear a different shirt every day uh-huh. know, during overhauling and, and, and Barrett Jackson and SEMA. So, you know, I, I, I like to help out the quote-unquote little guy, you know, the, the mom-and-pop car yeah. shops that are out there. Give them, a, give them a little bit of love and and uh, just, you know, some support, and people really seem to appreciate that. There you go. Um, I better send you a Cars Yeah t-shirt then. Maybe I can get you to sport one of those one of these days. I'd be, I'd be happy to. <laughs> That'd be cool. Well, would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Go back in your life and tell me, was there a pivotal moment when you realized that you were a car guy? Yeah, you know, my, my dad was a big influence in my life for that. He passed away about a year and a half ago, and, Ooh, and I'm know, sorry. I remember him fondly every day. Uh, through his love of 9-11s. Mm. Um, he, my, my memory may be somewhat through rose-colored glasses, but it seemed like he would get a new 9-11 like every couple of years. He would trade it in for the newest model. Uh-huh. And uh, that just infused in me a love of not only 9-11s, but cars in general. So I, I can just remember being very, very young, probably six or seven years old, and thinking how cool it was that my my feet touched the floor of the car <laughs> when I was sitting in the seat. Now this started out in the back seat yeah. of the 911, which oh, of course yeah. is a very small car, a two plus two. So when I moved to the front seat, and my feet touched the floor. I was like, all right, you know, I've arrived. I'm I'm a big kid now. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, <clears throat> one of my brothers had a um, a '67 GTO convertible, which uh, I was infatuated with. Mm-hmm. And my other brother um, also loved cars too. He was uh, into uh, Gen 2 Camaros. Nice. So, um, yeah, the, the, between those kind of three cars, uh, the Camaro, the GTO, and the 911, that, that kind of really, I don't know, you know, it, it broadened my spectrum of love of cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, on overhauling, we do mainly muscle cars, but I think that my, my very first love was a 911. Well, your father and I share something. I'm a big 911 fan. I've had many over the years. My regular listeners know I'm always talking about those cars. I love all cars, but those 911s have a special place in my heart. So how nice that your dad could pass on that tradition to you and you could carry that forward. So usually my guests here share stories about with their fathers, grandfathers, brothers, and so forth with their cars. So very cool that you got to do that. I love it. So Chris, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Something you're used to especially all those years on overhauling but you've chosen a career path that's oh my gosh can be fraught with the roller coaster rides of ups and downs you're only as good as your last show as they say in hollywood right could you share a story with us a huge challenge big failure that you faced along the way but of course the most important part of this is how did you overcome that situation what did it teach you so you can move forward and continue to be successful well, you know, I think the biggest challenge that I faced in my career was when overhauling went on hiatus. You know, a lot of people don't realize that we were out of production for almost five years between mm-hmm. 2007 uh, and 2012 when we came back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, during that time period, uh, you know, when you have a job that you're going to every day, and I think in the in the last season before the hiatus, we actually made 29 episodes. Wow. Uh, which is a very busy schedule. So to go from that to 
essentially having nothing to do is like, whoa, what's going on? So <laughs> yes, but you still got to pay the bills. You know, the mortgage is still going to arrive. Oh yeah. So you got to find something to do. And I, I think that was really my biggest challenge was going from a steady regular job to suddenly having nothing. So, you know, there's that mantra came into play no one else is going to do it for you. So I, I just kind of pulled myself up by my bootstraps and, and uh, started networking and making calls and, um, you know, I was able to uh, to piece to piece together a living uh, until overhauling came back, and it was not only automotive, but it was some other stuff too. I did some entertainment news, and um, uh, I was the spokesperson for eBay Motors for a year, and I did a lot of um, car show appearances. So just kept plugging along, plugging along, knowing, having faith that something else would come down the pike. As we like to say in entertainment, it's either feast or famine. Yes. You know, you're either doing really well or, or nothing's going on. So right. to be able to make it through that, you know, quote unquote, lean time till overhauling came back was, was a little challenging, but, um, you know, I, I, I kept the faith and, and, uh, and it came through. What would be your big takeaway for those listeners out there that might be facing a similar situation, a job change, they either lose a job or the job just goes away by no fault of their own? Aside from, you know, you've got to do it yourself, what would be a, a key takeaway for you of that period in time that helped you move forward, that enabled you to land the next thing to do? You know, Mark, I'm a big believer in positive mental attitude. You know, I think it, it, it may sound like a cliche, but really you do kind of, the only thing that you have control over is how you're either going to react to a situation or, or act <laughs> under pressure. Yep. You know, and, and when you are faced with a situation like that, Having faith in yourself and having faith in, in the fact that something is going to come your way it is it's a big deal and it's it's very, very helpful. You know, it's very easy to slip into that pessimistic attitude where it's like, woe is me, and oh man, the world's out to get me. And, you know, it's very, it's easy to feel that way. It's much tougher to say, I'm going to get through this, I'm going to put a smile on my face, and I'm going to appreciate the things in my life that are positive and good and, and kind of, you know, rely on those and draw strength from those. So yep. I really just think that, you know, having that positive outlook, the, the glass is half full. Even if, even if it's a quarter full, it's still a <laughs> quarter full. It's yep. not three quarters empty. It's a quarter full. You got to, got to look at, you know, look at it like a gas tank. You know, you got a quarter tank left. You can get somewhere with that quarter tank. Yep, absolutely. You know, you hit on a key thing there, and that is your attitude and gratitude. And it's really hard to feel sorry for yourself when you focus on the gratitude. Uh, I've, I've been taught that year after year. If you just focus on the things you're grateful for that you have, it's almost impossible to think about the things you don't have. So focus on that. So great attitude. I love it. I love that mantra as well. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. I like to say it's when those headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new direction or this new approach or focus you had in your career. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Well, I think the aha moment for me came when I auditioned for um, overhauling. You know, I, for, from 1995 to 2003, when we started overhauling, I was an actor mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I had moderate success. I got a, a lot of commercials. Um, I did a few television guest spots and a couple of movies and I was, you know, I was making a living. I wasn't, I, I didn't have to have another job, but I wasn't a very good actor. I was kind of, you know, moderately talented as an actor. When I auditioned for overhauling, you know, they were basically hiring me because I was an actor. I'd be able to improvise all the pranks and things. Mm -hmm. But then the other half of my job would be hosting the show. And that's when I said to myself, aha, I think I've hit on what my skill set is. And ah. that's actually 
being a host and not an actor. And so when I started to focus on that, I really became more confident, more comfortable in my abilities. And, um, and so, you know, that's what helped me turn that into a success when you, when you feel comfortable in the suit that you're wearing. I never yeah. really felt comfortable as an actor. I was always second guessing myself. But as a host, you know, you, you turn a camera towards me, give me a mic and give me a subject and boom, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to roll. I can do it. <laughs> awesome. Always important to be yourself. That is the yes. key. Key element, trying to be something you're not is really hard. And acting is really hard, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You can really tell great actors between not so great. But host almost seems like a tougher job because you got to act on the fly. You're not going by a script. You're not being directed. You just got to be yourself. And I think that's why you've met some success there. Yeah, there's definitely a unique uh, set of skills that goes along with hosting. And the one thing that you didn't mention is is teleprompter. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. reading, a, reading a teleprompter is a skill all to its own. And, um, you know, I, I realized that uh, I some uncanny ability. I've never trained to do it. I've never, you know, had any sort of uh, classes or anything like that in teleprompter. But you can put you can put stuff that I've never seen before in a teleprompter, and I can read it as though it's coming off the top of my head. Wow. Wow. That is a skill for sure. It is, so it doesn't sound fake as well. So well, you right. know, I, I never would have known that you were doing that. So awesome job. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's be clear. Everything that I do on overhauling is off the top of my head. I'm talking about, you know, teleprompting when I'm doing NFL Network. Ah, okay. Or, okay. You know, yeah. News reporting. That's all teleprompter. But overhauling everything that you see me saying towards the camera on overhauling is like okay here's what we're going to talk about Go. talk <laughs> very well i'm even more impressed now very cool how about proudest career moments i would assume you've had many you've been doing this a long time but is there one in particular that stands out well as i said earlier when we started the interview i think the proudest accomplishment that i've had is passing the bar i mean mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's all jokes aside, I, I was very surprised that I had passed the bar on my first try because I wasn't doing very well on practice tests. Mm -hmm. But um, I took a class that kind of pointed out the red herrings that I was falling for. Mm. So in my life, I think passing the bar is my proudest moment. In my career, I mean, you know, obviously overhauling is my is my calling card. Yes. When we started the show, we didn't really know what we had. Uh, season one, we did a run of, I think it was only seven episodes that they ordered initially. Mm -hmm. And, um, when we started the show, the, the, the network and the producers were kind of like, you know, <clears throat> they wanted it to be more like, um, Boyd Coddington show where there was oh. a lot of arguments and controversy and, you know, and Chip, I remember Chip saying to them on behalf of us, he said, you know, that's really not, you know, the kind of people that we are, you know, we want right. to just like have fun. And that really opened the door to kind of a different way of doing a car show instead of this, you know, throwing tools and yelling <laughs> at people. And you know, we were like, Hey, we're going to have fun. We're going to play jokes and we're going to laugh a lot. We're just going to be silly. Right. And so that kind of took on its own kind of personality. And so I think that's what I'm most proud of is that we were able to establish a genre of show that was entertaining and informative. 
And real. Those other shows, I personally, I'm not a big fan of them. You know, the it almost seems like scripted anger, if you will. And right. you just go, man, is that, is that really? How, how can you run a business and behave like that? Seriously? Because right. I've, I've run businesses. You don't put up with people that behave that way. It gets, yeah, exactly. in, it gets in the way. So I'm so happy Chip did that and that you guys focused on being who you were. I think that, well, obviously it worked 100 episodes. My goodness. So yeah, great. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time. I'd love for you to share your your first really special car and tell me a little bit about that vehicle oh man <clears throat> when i was um i think i was 22 yeah i was just out of college and uh i just wanted to get a cool kind of you know california convertible and so i was looking through the auto trader um you know this is way before uh <laughs> the internet yeah the internet. paper right, auto exactly. traders yeah paper auto trader and i and i came across what turned out to be a 64 and a half mustang Oh, uh, convertible with just a little 260 in it. And um, and that's, by the way, you know, if you see a 260, you know, it's a 64 and a half because they only came in the 64 and a half. Yeah. And so I didn't even know what I was buying, but I ended up buying it. It was sunlight yellow with a tan interior. And um, it was just such a great little car, you know, yeah. not yeah. a lot of power. But, uh, you know, it was all about the style and the look and just absolutely loved that car. So that was my first kind of cool car that I had. And again, I, I didn't even realize what I was buying when I was buying it. I just liked it because it was a Mustang and it was a convertible. And so yeah. as, as I later grew into being a car guy and learned, you know, more about the significance of not only the Mustang, but the six to four and a half in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, I look back and, and, uh, wish I still had that car, but. As all car guys know, cars come and cars go. Yes. Oh, I know. I had a 65 Fastback that had been made into a GT350 Shelby clone. And I had never had a Mustang. Haven't, haven't had one since, but I, I couldn't get gas without it lasting 20 minutes. Everybody loves a Mustang. So those old Mustangs are beautiful. So perfect for California too. You're, yep. you're convertible, even better. Well, let's talk about the seller's remorse question, the tear in the eye. Is that the car you really wish you had back or is there no. another one? No, there is another one, which was also sunlight yellow and also convertible. But, you know, as you know, I'm a Mopar guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this one was a 1968 Sport Fury convertible with uh, it was all matching numbers, original interior uh, and 383 in there, Super Commando. And the my favorite part about that car was it always started. It never once let me down. Nice. Uh, no matter how long it sat in my garage, no matter what the situation was, it, it was it always started right up and ran perfectly and was just big as a boat. You know, the speedometer read in knots. That's how big <laughs> it was. I like that. I, that car I wish I had back, but again, uh, wouldn't I I sold that car so I could buy my buddy's GTX, which I still have today. Nice. So uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well there's always those that get away. I've got a few in my life as well. So I understand. Well let's talk about today and the future and what you're working on right now. I'd love to know if you're working on any car stuff, but also would love for you to share a little bit more about this new series. I know it's not about cars, but we'd love to hear about it, Long Lost Family. Yeah, you know, uh, Long Lost Family is a new show. New show that's um, we're about to start production of season two on it. We did uh, eight episodes in the first season, and it was just kind of a runaway hit. It was kind of amazing. What we do is we reunite people who were adopted mm. with their birth families. Yeah. So you know, the emotion obviously is built in, and it's interesting because there's a lot of similarities between Overhaul and, and Long Lost Family and the fact that it's it's very feel-good, 
there's a surprise at the end of the episode. There's a, you know, a, a, for lack of a better word, a, a construction phase mm-hmm. where on overhauling, we're building the car in long lost family. We're, we're doing research to put the families back together. But yeah, I, I couldn't be prouder of this show because it's, it's my story too. I was adopted. Oh really? Um, oh wow. Yeah, cool. I made, I made contact with my birth mom when I was 23. Oh wow. So yeah, it's, and, and I, and, and they're not always success stories. Um, oh, of course, of course, yeah. Know, out there in the world, but mine was, and and um, I've got a great relationship with my mom and her family. So um, you know, I'm I'm very very proud of the show and looking forward to making a ton more episodes. It's actually a show that's very successful in uh, the UK on the BBC huh. um, yeah. of the same name. So it's it's same production company, same format. So you know, we kind of knew we had a recipe for success and. But we didn't realize it would be this popular. So it's nice to kind of be introduced into an entirely new demographic, too, because, you know, now now the car guys whose wives have watched over Holland with them <laughs> for so many years, uh, now they can flip the script on them. And now the husbands will watch Long Lost Family with uh, their wives. Yeah, you know, funny you mention that. That's kind of happened in our household. My wife of 33 years just found out she has a sister that she didn't know about. And uh, half sister, and it was like, whoa. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, I, I always like to say it's it's really not even six degrees of separation. It's more like three or four degrees of separation. When I tell people about the show, I, I wait for their reaction, and a lot of the times it's like, oh, either they have someone in their own family or they know somebody. It's mm-hmm. it's much more prevalent than people would think. Yeah, well, and now with social media and the way people can interface and connect, it's a lot easier to find people and discover people than it ever was. So, uh, yep. yeah, very cool. Well, best wishes on season two for that. You're doing a great job. Fantastic. You. You're welcome. Let's have another uh, fun question for you here, kind of a introspective question. If you were a car, Chris, what kind of car would you be and why? You know, I would have to say that I would be a Maserati Quattroport GTS. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's not what I expected to hear. So <laughs> oh, that's a I unique car. Because it's, it's both sporty and practical. Ah, you know, okay. It's a Maserati. The GTS has got the V8 twin turbo in there. Yeah. It's rear-wheel drive, you know, over 500 horsepower. So it's got plenty of power and style. But at the same time, it's got four doors. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're not you're not limited into as to what you can do with that car. So I, I thought a lot about this question when uh, when you sent the questions to me, and and I said, you know what? I think this is the car because because it's it, it kind of straddles the spectrum of performance and uh, practicality. You know, it makes sense now that you say that to me, and especially in the field that you're in, where you've got to be flexible and transitioning from automotive-focused show to a family-focused show, you've got to be able to make those moves and those extra doors in the back, let the family in the car, so you're, exactly. you're not stuck with that two-door Mustang convertible where there's right. well, there were a, there was a little back seat back there, but a little bit, yeah, a little bigger than those 911 back seats, that's for sure, but much bigger than the 911 back seat, yeah, yeah. I, I think well, I think they would probably call. They wouldn't call the Mustang a 2 plus 2 like they would the Porsche. No, no, exactly. I understand. So, Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit. 
with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercraft, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Chris, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, measure twice, cut once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had another guest recently tell me that. And I always think of my seventh grade woodshop teacher, C.C. Dixon, who, uh, <laughs> let's see, Muirlands Junior High in La Jolla, where I went. Uh, he had a very Southern accent, which was funny to all of us Southern Californians who had no accent. And he would say that all the time. Boys? Measure twice and cut once. So Yeah, our, whenever I would say that in the shop, our project manager, Mark Oya, would always say, yeah, you know what? I, I, I cut it twice and it's still too short. <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Yeah, you know, in, in addition to, uh, as I mentioned before, waking up early, which I think is key because, you know, getting a jump on the day is very important. Yep. I like to make lists. Mm. I go down to my office in the morning and I make a list of what I want to accomplish that day. And yep. if, I, if I can get through three quarters of that list, I feel like it's been a very productive day. Well, you're in good company. I've had some incredibly successful guests, uh, huge business owners here on Cars yeah, and that is something that they do as well. Uh, very important, really. It helps me as well to kind of get through things. And at least at the end of the day, I can say, well, I got half of them checked off. If I ever get them all checked off, I'm pretty lucky, but yeah. <laughs> that's the way to go. <laughs> now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources these days, but is there one in particular that really stands out for you? Well, I mean, as far as automotive goes, I love the website autoblog.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of it kind of just keeps me up to date on what's going on with um, you know, what's happening in the automotive industry, mostly new cars. Mm -hmm. Um so I'll I'll pair that with uh I, I like to peruse hemmings.com, mm -hmm. which is kind of uh, you know, an eBay Motors for the the more kind of sophisticated car person. Right. So I just it keeps me up to date on uh, you know, the values of cars and things like that because that, that comes in as a useful resource when I'm when I'm hosting Barrett Jackson. Sure, exactly. I had Michael Harley on the show here. He used to be the uh 
key guy there. He switched over to Kelly Blue Books, but uh, yeah, great. I love that. Re- love that reference. It's fantastic. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently that you think our listeners would enjoy? Absolutely. In fact, they're going to be making it into a movie pretty soon. It's called Go Like Hell. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I hope I'm going to say this author's name right. It's A.J. A.J. Bame. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, yeah, great book. And it's just you know I'm I'm obsessed with uh, Carol Shelby. I've, I had the I had the you know honor of meeting him several times while he was alive, and and he was just such a down to earth guy. And and his life is so interesting. And this kind of section of his life is particularly interesting. It's basically the story of Ford finally beating Ferrari at Le Mans in, uh, in the 60s yeah. um, when they rattled off, I think, four wins in a row from 66 to 69. And it's basically the evolution of the Ford GT mm-hmm. and Carroll Shelby's involvement in that project. So it's it's a fantastic read. I love documentaries. I love biographies. So, I mean, if you're a car guy and a racing fan in any capacity, you're going to love this book, Go Like Hell. Yeah, it's an awesome book. And it's been recommended a lot of times here on Cars Eye by people. And back when I had my Mustang, I went to an event and got to meet Carroll Shelby as well. He even signed the glove box on my car, which was cool, which I kept when I sold the car. I still have it nice. out, my, out my garage. But, uh, yeah, what a what an awesome guy. But that movie, I'm excited to see what they do with that film. I hope Me they too. do it justice because what an incredible Goliath story that was. Well, listeners, you can find all these great links on Chris's own show notes page at carsyad.com slash chrisjacobs. You can also find this book listed on another great page on the Cars yeah website, Guest Recommended Books for Quick, Easy Clicks to Buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Chris, and this last question can be a real doozy. <laughs> if you could have only one collector car in your garage, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You got to keep it, drive it, enjoy it. But money is no object. I will buy you whatever you'd like. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Well, you know, there's really only one answer to this. And if people have watched me on Barrett-Jackson, especially uh, this past year at Scottsdale, they'll know the answer to this question. It's the Porsche 918. Uh, You know, I'm a Porsche fanatic. I've gotten the 85 911 that I bought back in 2005, and it's another car I'll never sell. But, you know, I mean, it's it's a moot point to say that I wouldn't be able to sell it to buy more because I'd never sell this car. The, The performance aspect... The collectability aspect, the absolute beauty of design of this car, you know, it's a hypercar plug-in hybrid in addition to the two motors that the car has. Only 918 of them were made, and, you know, I think they were retailing for about 700000 and change, and yep. so, you know, I think they're pretty much priceless today. The one that went across the auction block of Barrett-Jackson in Scottsdale, I believe, brought a million dollars, which I think is a very fair price for that car. Um, but just the absolute lines on that car, the, the the style of the Porsche 918, just kind of, just you know, it, it's got a little bit of 911 in there. It's it's got a a little bit of a Carrera GT in there. It kind of like took the best of all the Porsche designs and put it into one car. And then, of course, you know, when you talk about the technology of the plug-in hybrid, it's it's just really amazing. So the Porsche 918 would be the one car in my garage that would stay there forever. What color would you like? You know, I, I'm always uh, partial to silver Porsches. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 911 is black, triple black Targa, but um, I absolutely love it in silver. 
Ah, be still my heart. Well, you picked an awesome car. And the great thing about that car, if I get you that car, is that means you're entitled to the new 911R. Yes. They're coming out with. So that way you get two cars out of one. That was a nice little trick you pulled there. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. But yeah, the 918, oh man, what a special ride. So, uh, all right. Well, I'll get to work on that for you. I'll, uh, I might have to drive it down from the Northwest instead of truck it though, if you're okay with that. You got to break it in, Mark. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Chris, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Porsche 918? Absolutely. You know, it's it's kind of what we've been talking about all during our, our talk. And that's, you know, believing in yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. And if you do believe in yourself, you know, you've always got at least one person so yes, yes. just keep that positive attitude going and what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing to keep up with uh, your life well i got uh all sorts of great social media you can go to my facebook page at chris jacobs 70 uh, my instagram is also chris jacobs 70 and you can reach out to me on twitter at chris jacobs awesome well listeners you can find links to everything chris has shared on carsyad.com and our show notes page, just type Chris in the search bar. That page will pop up with links to all of these resources. Make sure you follow him in his newest venture on television. What's the what's the network again that you're on? It's on TLC, okay. which is which is interesting because it's coming full circle for me. If uh, you know some hardcore overhauling fans will know that we debuted on TLC, yeah, in 2004. So it's coming full circle for me. Awesome, long lost family. Great job that you're doing. Chris, thanks for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with my listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on Cars Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!